0: Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to another all new Geek to Me Radio. Today we are doing part two of our two part. Voltron Extravaganza. We will be talking with Jeremy Shada, the voice of Lance, and Kimberly Brooks, the voice of Princess Alura, in the upcoming final season of Voltron from DreamWorks on Netflix. All that and more. Stand by. And if you are listening to this on 105.3 FM and 1380 AM, driving around St. Louis, thank you very much for tuning in. If you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, or Podomatic, thank you for finding us there and subscribing. And if you are hearing this live streaming it out there in the world, thank you very much for finding us there. Uh, This is part two of our two-part Voltron Extravaganza. I've never done a two-parter before. Last week, we talked with Andrea Romano for the whole hour about... Directing this incredible cast, working on this fantastic show that Voltron has been in for its uh, eight seasons already. We're coming up on the final season of Voltron, which will be airing on Netflix on December 14th, less than a week away. Uh, All the episodes drop. And this week we are talking with Jeremy Shada, who voiced Lance, and Kimberly Brooks, who voiced Allura. And we'll jump right in with Jeremy Shada. We're joined now by Jeremy Shada, the voice of Lance in the upcoming final season of Voltron, which I'm so sad it's our very last season. Jeremy, how are you? I'm great, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, It's incredible to think that we've already said goodbye to Finn and Adventure Time. We're coming up again now on the final season of another beloved series, Voltron, what kind of emotions are you feeling right now uh, going into this last season?
1: Uh, it's crazy, man. I think. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people are, are lucky to be a part of uh, one show that is really, really loved um, by a lot of people. And so I'm just I'm very blessed and very thankful to be a part of, like, two really, really great shows that I've just loved working on and that fans have really reacted so greatly to and are so passionate about um, that have really just kind of taken on meetings and, uh, and whole new levels of, uh, of just – I guess, uh, rabid affection by the fan bases, which is, which is crazy. But, uh, to be a part of two shows like that is, is, uh, is very awesome and that doesn't happen very often. So we're just thankful that, you know, we had two shows that did that. And, uh, it's, it's kind of weird that they are ending at similar times more or less, uh, within the same year. Um, uh, but that's just, <laughs> that's just the nature of things. You know, sometimes you're working sure. uh, a ton and sometimes you're like, okay, what am do I doing next?
0: So I follow you and Bex. Uh, we've had Bex on the air with us a couple of times already. Um, and I love like Bex. All, she's great. She's fantastic. The entire group, you just seem like you have such a fantastic bond seeing pictures of you guys, be it uh, when you guys are out goofing around during Comic-Con or whatever. It seems like you really have formed a true bond that almost mirrors that of your paladin counterparts. <laughs>
1: Uh, it definitely is. We definitely the Voltron crew is definitely the Voltron fam, and we uh, anytime we get to hang out with each other outside of even recording and go to cons and and promote the show and just uh, and just spend time in those cities wherever those are at and go out to dinner and just kind of have shenanigans and catch up. We love it. I mean, I I, I love working with those people. Bex, like you just mentioned, Bex is is amazing. Super close with Bex. Uh, Josh Keaton, who plays Shiro. Uh, Kimberly plays Laura uh ty Labine, who plays Honk, reese plays coran um obviously steven who plays uh, keith i mean the, everybody on that show is really really fantastic um and so we've just always had such a blast making it um and it never felt like work any of the days i mean whenever we'd record it would usually be in a thursday morning and so thursdays were always the highlight of my week it was my favorite thing to go do is record with the the voltron fam
0: And between this show, uh, some of the others you've worked on, like Adventure Time 2, working with uh, people like you mentioned, Reese Darby uh, on Adventure Time, Tom Kenny, John DiMaggio. Uh, What is it like, uh, again, uh, you're such a, uh, almost like an old soul, the the voices you take on, the quality of your voice when you do these different projects. But to then, I guess, learn with people who have been at it for such a long time, it's got to be both, I guess, Equal parts, I would think, daunting, but also quite rewarding to have these people working with you.
1: It is. I think especially uh, when it comes to adventure time, when I started doing adventure time, I was about uh, I like was 12 years old, I think. And, you know, you look around that recording room and you have, you know, John DiMaggio, uh, Tom Kenny. You have uh, you have the D. Bradley Baker a lot, um, uh, Hinden Walsh. Uh, And then we have, you know, we have guest stars of all the other amazing people on such a common basis that it was really cool getting to basically have the best education in uh, voice acting without having to really pay for it. And, in fact, I mean, getting paid to do it because you're working on the job, but then week in and week out just watching these people do their craft uh, and just seeing how they do it and being amazed by it, but trying to learn and and watch as much as possible so you can pick up on all the little – all the little things they do, and then get to the point where you get to call those people your peers, and you just you know you work with them, and you're just seen as one of the group is is really surreal, uh, and it's really crazy because you know as a kid you grew up watching a lot of shows that those people have all worked on, and you know their voice and you know who they are, uh, and so it's cool getting to be friends with those people and they And I think I think especially in the animation world, I think people are very very down to earth and some of the most fun to work with. A lot of those guys come from like stand up comedy backgrounds or just or whatever else, and they're they're just such funny. They're very self-deprecating or very humble, but just they're constant riots. I mean, in between every take, they're going to be cracking jokes, doing random voices and impressions of people. And uh, it's such a blast. I love it.
0: And talking about uh, the backgrounds, too, you started acting at such a young age, 2004 even, on on big shows like ER and then movies like Team America, which I find hysterically funny. Uh, Those two guys uh, (laughs) who did the South Park and Team America and uh, all the other great stuff that they've done that's to go from acting into voice acting um with someone at your age what what is the transition like was it a, for you was it an adjustment did it come naturally um i think it's always
1: a little bit of an adjustment i think when you're um when you're younger it's probably easier to uh do the transition when you're younger and you're you know you just i think when you're like a kid someone just tells you, okay, do something kind of like this, and you're just kind of very imaginative, and so you just kind of do it. And I think that was the same with my on-camera acting, too. I think kids that do acting usually are just kind of being very natural and very goofy and very themselves. And so they just have that kind of natural quality. But then when you kind of reach the point of, I I usually say around, I don't know, 12 or 13 or whatever, um, when you kind of start becoming more self-conscious of yourself, that's when you have to transition it from just being – you kind of being a creative, fun little uh, energetic kid to then being like, oh, this is a craft and I actually have to think about what I'm doing. And you become so much more self-conscious to what you're doing and you get, like, embarrassed, you overthink things. And so it's making that transition from being a natural kid to then making it your craft and being really good at it and honing it in. Uh, and and that's, a, that's a hard transition for a lot of people. I think I kept working consistently through that. Um, and so I was blessed to have the opportunity to keep working through that. Uh, and I, you know, it's, it is, a, it's always a transition, but, uh, I think just working a lot through that, it kind of helped me do it in a natural way and being around other people who, like I said earlier, were just great actors and watching them, I think that also helped, uh, tremendously, but I guess, I don't know if I had a huge transition from on camera to voice acting, cause I, I started both when I was so young that it almost just feels like I kind of started on the ground floor doing both at the same time, um, but I do know a lot of people that it is a hard transition once they've done just on camera to doing voice acting because in voice acting, you have to convey all the emotions, everything you're thinking, uh, everything the character is feeling through just the way you're saying a line there's the sound you're making. Whereas on camera, you obviously have you know, more, more things in your, in your actor's tool set. You can make the facial expressions. You have your physicality. You have your on set. You have all of that and just the little uh, nuances of your emotions. But in voice acting, it's like having your hands tied because you just have to convey all that through how you speak. And so you'll see these amazing on-camera actors come in and, uh, you know, they're, they're such great actors. And they'll start and they'll they'll sound very monotone um, in the voice acting side of it. But it's just because they're not used to having to focus uh, as much on just the voice. And you can watch them doing the thing and, and their, their face is like in it, like they are in the scene. But they have to get used to the transition of, of playing it up more so through just how they're uh, sounding.
0: And that's one of the things about Voltron, which we uh, want to mention again, Voltron season eight, final season, December 14th on Netflix. But one of the things that struck me about that series is the, I guess, range of emotions that that show has been. And the cast, you've all been so brilliant uh, from episodes that are just outright fun. Like uh, you had just last season, the feud where you guys played on the game show, which was just ludicrous fun. We get like, I think almost we get like maybe one, kind of one almost
1: straight-up comedic episode each season, and those ones are always a blast. And we always know what it is when we start recording it, because they're like, oh, this is the one for the season, and we're all like, great, sweet. And then our just our goal in the booth is just to make each other laugh. And then if you're making your castmates laugh, then you know it's going to be funny in the
0: finished product. So just I mentioned just those two, Journey Within from the drama standpoint, the feud from the, the, the funny standpoint. Do you have yeah. uh, the, uh, let's say the whole run, do you have a favorite episode for you personally?
1: Oh, that's hard. Uh, there's definitely, I think, for different genres, I have different favorites. I think for the comedy ones, I think I think probably Feud is one of my favorite uh, comedic episodes. I think, as far as the dramatic episodes go, I really like. Um, I think it's the season. I think it's the season six finale, uh, which I'm blanking on the name right now. But uh, Keith has to kind of confront um, Shiro's clone, and, and he realizes. That Person that he's thought he's known for a while has ended up being uh, a, a clone for a substantial amount of time. He's trying to kind of uh, get to the the heart of that clone and they can see what's what's happening. And, and their their battle at the end, the climax, is really really emotional and really just epic. Um, I think for my character for Lance, I think one of my favorites on the dramatic side is probably uh, mm, that's hard. Uh, the maybe the maybe the Red Paladin episode. I think it's called Red Paladin, where they kind of have the shake up of the. Uh, the, the pilots of the lions, um, and he ends up getting moved from the blue lion, uh, to the red lion when there's kind of a void and not there. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Um, I, it's, it's hard because I think the show does such a great job of, uh, of really spreading out the character arcs through a lot of different episodes. So, um, you get so much building from episode to episode. They do a great job, I think, of balancing, uh, when you have a cast that big of getting everybody there. Uh, another favorite episode of mine is definitely the Pidge episode, uh, where Pidge is searching for her brother. Uh, I think it's just beautifully animated, and there's there's this moment where she thinks her brother's uh, dead because she finds this this gravestone that actually ends up being a code to go find him because he's alive, but... Right. Uh, it's so funny when, It's so funny when a show, I, like, I knew what happened. Like, I knew that he wasn't actually dead. But then when I'm watching it back, even as a viewer, I'm like, wait, did they change something? Is he actually dead? Because, oh, my gosh, this <laughs> is emotional. Like, I'm like, crap, maybe they did. Like, this, I'm, I'm feeling it. And then I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But they do such a good job of that that even as a viewer sometimes, even more or less knowing what happened, I'm still surprised by stuff.
0: We're going to come back uh, with more of our interview with Jeremy Shader. We'll be talking all about some uh, potential spoilers for the final season, as well as uh, future projects he's working on. All that and more, plus Kimberly Brooks still to come. Stand by.
2: Adventure time, come on, grab your friends. We're going to a very... Distant land with Finn and Jake and Marceline and Princess Bubblegum. It's Adventure Time. Hi, I'm Bex Taylor-Klaus from Voltron. I play Pidge, and you're listening to geek to me Radio.
0: And we're back. This segment and this entire show really brought to you by Discover St. Charles, that website, discoverstcharles.com. What a fantastic place to visit. Uh, If you're here in Missouri, hopefully you've seen it already. If you're from out of town, this is a great time to come, the month of December, because they are doing the largest and the longest-running Christmas festival in the entire country called Christmas Traditions. You can go to the website, discoverstcharles.com. Under the events banner, they have uh, some of their stuff. Christmas Traditions is its own link right there. You can see... All the fabulous uh, events they have going on for that. Uh, There's chestnuts roasting over an open fire that you can purchase. There's groups of Victorian carolers in period costumes singing songs. They've got uh, the cobblestone streets are just picturesque. They're lined with greenery and lights. They've got interactive living history characters like Ebenezer Scrooge and Bob Cratchit and Babushka and gift givers from around the world like Père Noël from France, Civil War Santa from the 1800s. They've got uh, Father Christmas from England, Eulonise from Scandinavia. And this is all right here. Uh, If you're from out of town, you're thinking, well, that's kind of a long way to go. Plenty of fantastic places to stay, whether you want a quaint bed and breakfast right there in the heart of St. Charles or you want a more modern upscale hotel with all the amenities and all the features. St. Charles has all that plus plenty of places to eat. We just did a fantastic giveaway uh, where we had some jelly babies to give away for our Dr. Who first Friday night city of St. Charles has it all and there's no better time to visit. It's always a good time to visit, but especially now during Christmas traditions, check out that website, discoverstcharles.com for more information. Very proud to have them as our premier sponsor for this show. Since the beginning, before we went away, we were talking with Jeremy Shada Voices Lance in the upcoming season of Voltron, been on the show now for eight seasons. Final season airing on Netflix December fourteenth. He had a little bit to say about uh, the romance they've been building to for Alura and Lance. And with season eight, I know I don't want to uh, get you in trouble or have anything given away or spoiled, but they've obviously, very obviously, been building towards a uh, potential Lance and Alura romance does that come to fruition in season eight or are we still going to be left with a little uh kind of wondering
1: um i can't really say if it does or doesn't i mean uh, it's you know i think that arc has definitely started in season seven especially but then i think there's there's been little hints of that even earlier on but i think you know season seven was probably the first part of that really being more prevalent and obvious um and so I think you know when they start an arc like that, well, it'll carry through into season eight, and there will be, uh, there will be some, some of that. I can't say like what form that takes exactly, but there will be, there will be something with that. We don't usually just you know start a, a kind of a storyline arc and have it just be dropped randomly. So there will be more of that in season eight. Yes.
0: Good to know. Good to know. And obviously, as an older guy, I grew up watching the original voltron series it was one. it's a, just an iconic 80s show and a lot of times when reboots are done i'm always a little skeptical but i will say that voltron legendary defender from netflix and dreamworks won me over right after the first episode i'd say um it was it was good it's it's kept me and i've i actually like it now more than the original series did you do any research and if so how deep did you get into the voltron mythos uh when you were cast
1: that's awesome. First off, glad to hear that. I, I think it's, it's really a testament to the show that, you know, it's, it's hard when you're uh, kind of remaking something or rebooting something. You know, the fans of the original, you want to make sure it lives up to their expectations, hopefully. Uh, and so we've heard a lot of that. The people of the original love the show. That's just a, that's very flattering for us, so I'm glad to hear that. But I think uh, as far as I knew what the original show was, because it was such a big thing from the 80s, uh, in the zeitgeist. Like, I knew what that show was, and I'd seen the, the toys and everything. Um, I don't know if, I'm trying to think if I ever have one. I don't know if, when I grew up, it might have not been as big at that exact moment, but I, did, I knew what it was. Um, when I started auditioning, though, I didn't really go back and watch the original just because I wanted to kind of do my own thing with it, with what they were telling me. I didn't want, uh, like, the original uh, performances to influence that or change what I thought was right for what I was reading from the character. And so then once we got about, I think, a season in, and it was pretty locked in what we were doing. Then I went back and started watching uh, some of the original, which is which is fun because it was cool to see how unintentionally um, I ended up doing things that I think really kind of matched the heart of that character, which I was really happy to see. But then I was just glad because they are their own unique things, and, and it it bring, it gives me much more joy seeing the how many homages we actually give to the original show, and and, uh, and how many things we bring into ours in a in a kind of in a twist or like a cool new way. Uh, And I think it
0: gave me even much more of an appreciation for all of it at that point. Yeah, and it was brilliantly done. That's why one of the reasons I asked that is because I saw so many aspects of 1984 Lance in the 2016 Lance. Uh, When I saw that, I was was wondering how much research. uh, Bex was kind of like the same way. I don't think she really did much uh, as far as going back and looking until afterwards. So it sounds like that's pretty much across the board for all of you. Um, I think for most
1: of us, I think certain people were fans of the original. For instance, uh, Tyler, uh, that plays Hunk, like he grew up watching the original. So he was like very, very knowledgeable about it. Uh, and he definitely knew what it was, which I think is great because he just has this, uh, excitement for all of it. And it, it really reads through in uh, his performance as the character too. Uh, and so I think even, even Steven, I think he definitely knew what it was and, and was a fan of it. Uh, I think Kimberly might have as well, and Josh definitely did. Me and Dex are on the on the younger side of it, so I think it was like the original was a little bit before our time, but sure, um, I think it, it worked out. It worked out really well with kind of at least for the two of us with that kind of approach. Um, and it, and it, yeah, I think it does a nice blend of being its own new thing, but then. Uh, just the writing and, and what the creators we really have done keeps the heart of all the characters there.
0: And it's very cool, too. You've got uh, people coming up to you at uh, the conventions having you sign their Lion or their uh, their Voltron memorabilia. <laughs> That's got to make you feel incredibly great to be part of such an amazing, not only a legacy, but of something new that honors that legacy. Oh,
1: 100%. I mean, you, it's such a wide range of, uh, of fans, too, because of that. You have uh, a lot of people who... Our, you know, our parents now they grew up watching the original, and and, and they're just by themselves are just a fan of the show, and so you have uh, that demographic that just loved the original, and so they really love the show, uh, and then you have them bringing like their little kids that are you know never seen anything other than just ours, and they're like they love the show like the little kids, and then we have this huge, we have a huge teenage uh, audience um, of, of guys, and especially like a huge audience of uh, teenage girls that that watch the show that I think probably are fans of like kind of, you know, shows like last Airbender and legend of Cora, which I think ours is a kind of a very similar tone to for, for good reason. Cause you know, we have creators from those shows uh, that are, that are involved in, in this one. Um, and so it's, it's really, really cool to see the, just the broad demographic of people that, that watch it. Um, and I think that's a testament to a show that really works on just a lot of levels. You know, it's, it works as a show that like kids can just watch and be amazed by the cool action and and how, and how great it looks, uh, and the fun comedy, but then it really hits on those deep emotional levels. And, uh, and the storylines are so epic that you can really watch it at any age and still be really enjoying it.
0: Definitely. Definitely. It's one of those, I think that's going to be uh, the next generation kids who grew up watching it now, I'm sure are going to be sharing it with their kids because it stands up so well. And you guys, the entire cast, the crew, uh, Joaquim Dos Santos and, and uh, the writing and directing Andrea Romano or uh, you shall be just incredibly proud of what you guys have produced thank you man we, we definitely are we're
1: uh we're super we're super happy with how the whole thing turned out and that's I mean there's so many ways that shows can go wrong and uh so many things that can happen from you know conceptual to recording to finished product uh and so it's, it's hard to get one that works on all those levels but I think they did a really good job of just picking who all was involved in the show and uh we're very 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 happy with it and hats off to uh, our amazing animation team in uh, in Korea that just make the freaking coolest looking <laughs> set pieces and uh, it just looks
0: gorgeous uh, with with this being the final season sadly I'm, I'm crushed that it is uh, they leave are they leaving the door open is it possible that maybe two three years down the road we might get something else or can you not say um I can't say officially because I
1: mean to be fair officially I don't really know exactly what the deal is I know that um DreamWorks really wanted to relaunch the uh, the whole show and the whole property uh, and they're super happy with what this show has and how how big it is now and how known it is again and so I would be surprised if they didn't do something with it I don't know what that means you know them doing like a some type of a spin-off series which is probably very very possible um if they did a movie or something I, I don't know I think they're gonna I would say 100% they're going to do something more with it. I don't think they're just going to do this series and leave it. I would be very, very surprised that was the case, especially given the response. Um, but I don't know exactly what uh, what type of show or what type of project that'll uh, that'll take afterwards, but I would say the odds are great that there will be something in the next few years to uh, to kind of fill the void that is left by the uh, Legendary Defender uh, series. If you, you know, want to itch that... Uh, that Voltron edge a little bit. I think that there will be something uh, for fans in the next couple of years, probably.
0: And For you personally, now that you've bidden adieu to Adventure Time and Voltron, uh, what else can we look for you? And what other projects do you have that we can keep an eye out for, Jeremy? Yeah. Um,
1: right now, uh, I've been working a lot on uh, my band. Actually, Makeout Monday. It's kind of a punk alternative pop rock band. We've been doing that for a couple of years, and we actually just got signed recently by uh, Sharp Tone Records, and our debut album, Visions of Hollywood, came out uh, this year. Uh, and so we're doing some touring and, uh, and promotion on the album and stuff right now that's keeping me pretty busy. Uh, so shout out to that. If you like music, uh, you might like that, Make Out Monday. Uh, so that's keeping me pretty busy. And then on top of that, uh, actually me and my brother Zach, who I also uh, is also in that band, uh, me and him are currently in the process of creating uh, our own animated series uh, that we're just now starting to pitch around to different networks and different uh, streaming services. Uh, and so hopefully we'll get that off the ground. Um, and yeah, that's that's an exciting process and it's a, it's a daunting process, but we're uh, really enjoying that. So hopefully you guys will see a show from me and my brother uh, in
0: the next couple of years. Fantastic. We'll definitely keep an eye out for that. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Jeremy, uh, congratulations on the last season of Ultron. We can't wait to keep up with your future projects thank you very much man it's been a pleasure of mine as well appreciate it there goes jeremy scheida you can catch up with uh, voltron binge watch it now season nine the final season drops on december 14th we're going to come right back talking with kimberly brooks who voices princess allura in that same show right after this stand by
2: This is Andrea Romano. I happen to be the voice director for many animated series, including The Justice League. You are listening on Geek2Me Radio. We are back.
0: This segment brought to you by Marcus Theaters. What a great time to be a movie fan, especially if you're also a comic book fan. Aquaman drops in just a week or two coming out. Uh, get your tickets now at MarcusTheaters.com. There's also plenty of other things to do at Marcus Theaters. The Enchanted Tales film series is starting up in January and February. You go to their website, MarcusTheaters.com. $5 admission to movies like Little Mermaid, Lilo and Stitch, Tangled, and Beauty and the Beast. All uh, just for $5 to go see those movies. They've got The Weekends, The Times. You can find out where... The closest Marcus Theater is to you and what times your favorite movie will be playing. Buy your tickets right there on the website. Take a look at their menu so you don't have to stand there and kind of like stare at the concessions line. Look at the menu trying to figure out what you want. Know ahead of time. Uh, Make your order at the Five Star Lounge. Their Bistro Plex. The Real Sizzle. Grab a drink beforehand. You get to the movie a little early. You want to buy your ticket. Make sure you get it before it sells out. Hang out in their Take Five Lounge. Have a cocktail Hang out and just enjoy the ambiance. The movie theaters are such a great thing to do. I always loved going to them as a kid, and I love them even more as an adult. Uh, they've always got the great things to eat, great movies to see. And, of course, if you're going to see a movie like Disney's Ralph Breaks the Internet or Creed 2, do it in first class. See it the right way. See it at a Marcus Theaters. They're changing the way you see movies with all their high-tech innovations, especially here in the St. Louis area at Ronnie's or the Pair. Check them out. Marcus Theater's com we were talking with jeremy shader last segment uh that was the voice of andrea romano you heard bringing us back from break we had her for the entire hour as part one you can go back and catch that on google play itunes soundcloud or podomatic and then you can come back and listen to this one again we were also talking with kimberly brooks when we got that interview for you right now we're joined now by kimberly brooks the paladin of the blue lion of voltron getting ready to air there sadly final season coming up here on december 14th on netflix kimberly how are you
2: i am fantastic thank you how's it going
0: not bad not bad (laughs) this has been such an incredible uh journey as someone who uh i was i was a kid and i grew up with the original 84 voltron series and Mm -hmm. i'm always skeptical of reboots but you guys (laughs) just knocked it out of the park from day one so congratulations on an incredible run
2: well, thank you so much. I know I agree with you completely. I think the uh, they did, they've just done an amazing job of keeping um, what was great about the old show and incorporating all the new stuff to make it more current. And um, I think a lot of people are really happy with it. I mean, obviously they are.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. The uh, the crowds have gone nuts for you at San Diego Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con. Every time uh, a new episode or a new series hits Netflix, it's automatically trending on Twitter, which is amazing to see. Uh, and I know we've had, uh, both Jeremy and Bex, we've talked with both of them and they were both kind of like, well, we're not as familiar with the original show, but you and I think they said Tyler, especially were very familiar with the, uh, the original cartoon. Yes.
2: Are you basically, you're basically calling me old. That's what you're trying to say. Cause those guys are so much younger. Um, yeah, I am familiar with it cause you know, that was my jam that was like, you know, right in my, my age pocket. Um, so yeah, I I was familiar with it. I watched it. I was a total like, uh, latchkey kid. I watched a lot of TV. So um, <laughs> that was on the on the roster, for sure.
0: Then getting this part of playing Allura, uh, obviously much different character, but so many things they kept the same, and and they walked that line so well with the writing and and the cartoon, the stylization. Getting this part, what did you kind of have to leave behind in your mind? when you saw where they were going with the character versus what you knew of her
2: well i think the essence of alora is is the same you know it's it's just about modernizing it and i think obviously um making changes that are more inclusive of you know all kinds of cultures and um being able to represent is is amazing so you know it's it's the essence is the same she's still you know in this fight for her life she's still uh the leader of uh, the the Paladins, basically, controlling the ship. And uh, she, you know, she just has to do what she has to do. I think the changes on making her stronger and a little bit more in control uh, just, you know, strengthen her character and just make her a little bit more badass. And I love that about her.
0: Yeah, she's definitely uh, just full-on, like you said, there's that leadership quality that she brings to uh, the team, even though, you know, she wasn't originally one of the pilots. She jumped into that role, which we kind of knew coming from having watched and grown up with the original series that she would take over as the blue pilot. But uh, like I said, they've just done such an amazing job of updating it and making everything fresh. And they've kept those little Easter eggs in for those of us who have loved it. So uh, again, it's just been such a brilliant series to watch.
2: Oh, well, I, I completely agree with you. And um, I mean, there's a, I think just going in, just not even um, focusing on Allura, just all of the characters, you know, having this time to sort of go into the backstories of most of, of the paladins um, just makes our journey and our fight that much more interesting. And we care that much more about all of these characters. So that part, you know, flushing through and getting a little bit more info on everybody. page. obviously, her story is, like, amazing. Um, yes. And, you know, and Jeremy's character uh is, and who knows where we're even going with, with that. So, um yeah, it's that's been the most exciting part for me, um, is because there's just meat there. There's, like, just juicy stuff to play, and I think it just makes it so much more exciting to, to watch and, you know, get to know these characters.
0: And that's one of the things that did slightly surprise me, is because I, I had that mindset locked in, oh, Keith and Allura end up together, because that's how it was in the original series, but they're kind of <laughs> leaning towards uh, Allura and Lance romance, which... I-, I liked and I didn't think I'd like it, but I find myself liking it. They're such uh they've got such a nice chemistry, the two of you.
2: It's well thank you. Well it's really interesting. I mean, we I was like sort of like obsessed with the whole Lotor line storyline, um, because, you know, I didn't know what was coming, so I couldn't wait to get the script to see what this guy was gonna do. Um and so yeah, who knows really where any of this is going. I think the bigger picture is the mission and um I just kind of feel like do they really have time for romance? I mean, they got a lot of stuff going on up there. So, um, uh it's a really dangerous time. So, for for the whole universe. So, um, we'll see what happens. I just I do like the way that they're taking their time with um, un, you know, developing relationships. So, it's it's really cool and uh, like I said, I was really focused on the whole low tour angle because I just, AJ is like so, he just plays that role. He voices it, uh, that role so brilliantly. And it's just so much fun to play opposite him.
0: We're going to come back and have more from Kimberly Brooks, including her favorite project, uh, working on South Park and video games versus working voiceover in animated cartoons. All that and more. Stand by. This is Alex Kingston. Welcome back. No spoilers, but you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Thank you once again to the St. Louis Science Center. A fantastic first Friday was put on uh, just this weekend. We were greeted by Simon Fisher-Becker, who flew all the way from the UK to have uh, some interaction with the fans here. You know him as Dorian Maldivar. We had a great talk with him. I was asked to host that panel at the first Friday. And just a fantastic individual, fantastic actor. You can follow him on Twitter, at Becker, And we're going to have audio of that at a future date. And we might even have Simon live on air to talk about the uh, 13th uh, Doctor, what she's been doing for her first season, as well as the upcoming Christmas special. So... Stay tuned to us for that. Follow us at geek to Me Radio on Twitter and Instagram for all the latest news. Before we went to break, we were talking with Kimberly Brooks about voicing Princess Allura in the final season of Voltron. And here's what she had to say about some of her favorite projects working on South Park and more. And you can tell just how much fun all of you guys are having with the, with the characters. It comes across as, uh, I'm fascinated by voice actors. And I've said this before with other people I've interviewed, like Jeremy and fact that it's amazing how much you can do with just your voice some of the fun episodes like uh monsters and mana and the feud i can almost picture you guys in the booth just glowing <laughs> with uh, the, the the way you guys are portraying these characters in these fun episodes and then going all the way back to episodes like uh the journey within where it's so deep and moving it's almost better than watching live action in some ways
2: well i think it's yeah i mean as a voice actor i i I think it's amazing. I mean, you know, just selfishly, um, it's just such a great uh you know, it's just great to be able to play different characters that you don't necessarily look like or you would, would never be cast as an as an on camera role. Um that's that was my whole focus as an actor. Um, switching from just making that transition from on camera acting to voiceover because it's I get to have so much fun and, and, and just play, you know. Um, I recently did an on-camera role, and I got to tell you that was really challenging. I was like, I got to memorize lines again. I forgot about that part, and <laughs> you're blocking and all that stuff you're doing, and like, I don't know, that was really challenging for me. But I think um, getting to uh, work with some of the most talented people in the business, I, I you know, I believe are on the show, um, and directors and the creators, it's just, it's such a thrill and uh it's i don't know it's it's that's the best job in the world i don't you know i don't know what else to say about that
0: <laughs> and you've been part of so many iconic shows first of all uh, the ducktales relaunch, which i love that new oh. of ducktales as well Me but too. rugrats gravity falls steven universe danny phantom static shock uh it just it's it's been so many projects and then the video games we could probably talk with you an entire episode of this program just about your video game roles as well um with the different ones you've done, do you have a favorite project of all the ones Would Voltron be it, or is it uh, a a certain Mm -hmm. aspect of another show or another project?
2: There are, uh, I am just like the leftiest person because I've gotten to work on some amazing um, shows and I'm still working on amazing shows, but definitely Voltron is just so near and dear to my heart. I I just remember the moment that um, Joaquin and Lauren um, revealed because uh, we had we had been recording the show for a while before I even saw the artwork or I had any idea what Allura was going to look like and I literally like they're, literally teared up It was she was just so beautiful and I've never gotten to voice a character that beautiful and strong and powerful so I'm going to have to say Allura is pretty, pretty uh, it's going to be a hard role to talk Um, And the love, the fan love, and just being a part of something that is, like you said, something that was a part of your childhood, something that's, I love, you know, meeting parents that bring their kids to conventions and things. And, you know, it's like a family thing. So just being a part of that has been amazing. But um, you listed some other things that I've done that I'm also proud of. So it's just, I don't know, I'm like just stoked every single day. (laughs) You've worked
0: with the South Park group before, and I understand you're getting ready to do another uh, round with them. Uh, another one that's been around for so long—it's an amazing legacy that they've had. Uh, how how is that working on South Park? Because it's so creatively different, I would think, from something like Voltron, something like Gravity Falls.
2: Um, that show is—it's—it's it's, working on it is just as exciting as when you watch the show. It's funny; they're hilarious. They're so creative. Those guys—they're coming up with stuff. It's—it's it's very current. Um Once I voiced uh Michelle Obama on that show, and it was right after um Obama had been elected, so it was like a Tuesday night, and he was you know giving his inauguration speech and then you see Trey and Matt and there they're like and the writers and the all the other super creative people there basically waiting to hear it so that they could mimic it which would air the next night by the way so we were, <laughs> i was i'm gonna say I was up till probably two or three in the morning recording over there with those guys, and it was Thrilling and exciting as it always is, so it's just a it's it's just a fun it's a fun experience. It's totally different than anything else I do,
0: and it's totally different too. Working on video games uh, voiceovers like you've done with uh, Injustice Gods Among Us, you got to play Batgirl uh, (laughs) games, obviously from the Mass Effect series, Daisy Fitzroy, and Bioshock Infinite. Um, What to you what what strikes you as the biggest difference between voiceover work and video games? Versus voice over work in live action uh, or i should say animated live action series is that the average person might not be aware of
2: well um one thing one main thing is that in video games you're always working by yourself i mean as a as a as an actor you're you're recording alone with a director and producers and things like that but um you so it's i find that a little bit more challenging because you have to do a lot of you know, there's things like proximity, like how far away is this person that I'm talking to? Like what is, what was their tone? And so those things can kind of get lost. So the skill set's a little bit different. I think, um, and I find it more challenging, and there's a lot more vocal stress, um, a lot more action. You're doing a lot of acting that's nonverbal, um, which can be challenging. Um you know a lot of you know grunts and groans and dying and electrocutions and all of that kind of stuff. I actually try now to just kind of look like the computer voice in these games, <laughs> a lot less uh death scenes um and then uh when you're act- when you're working on a show like a you know like Voltron, luckily you get to work with other actors and creating a scene together in a room is just really magical so i it's a lot different but um they're both they're both really exciting
0: so with voltron uh, entering its final season now uh you just we just talked about south park a little bit is there anything else that we can look for you in coming up that we can look forward to kimberly brooks voice actor being in this project
2: um yeah i'm working on a new show um well it's like you know it's dc superhero girls and uh there's another amazing cast uh Kari Walgren, Grey DeLisle, Tara Strong, you know, a couple of those girls. Uh and uh a, a bunch of other amazing actors. Um and uh it's it's a lot of fun. It's coming out. I I don't know actually when it's coming out, but I know they announced it at Comic-Con. So I know I can talk about it. Um so that's that's really fun and um I think it's going to be adorable and I think people are going to really like it.
0: So very much for your time today. It's been an absolute delight to talk to you. If there's ever another project uh, you've got coming up, we'd love to have you on again sometime soon.
2: Oh, you're so awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That was fun. We're going to take our last break. We'll come right
0: back and wrap things up after this. Stand by.
2: I'm going down south. I'm gonna
1: have myself time. Friendly face.
2: McGann, the eighth doctor. You're listening to Radio.
0: And we are back wrapping things up here on the show. Uh, we've just learned news that the uh, we will not get a new season of Doctor Who in 2019. It'll be in 2020 will be our next season, but we will have a New Year's Eve special before then. Uh, we'll cue you into all that and more. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Geek2MeRadio. We're going to have a Voltron Funko Pop giveaway coming up. Your chance to win that and more. Until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you look when you make game of drones references. That's a show. This is Geek to MeRadio. That's a show. This is Geek To Me Radio. Thank you, Golra Empire, Rapid Sa!